guys, welcome back to Becoming Better Podcast. This is your host, Hope Moquin, and as always, you know the drill. I am so thankful that you chose to tune in to today's episode. Today's episode is pretty straight to the point. It is the first week of December, which means that 2023 is coming to an end, and 2024 is about to sneak up on us so quickly, and it is going to be here before we know it. And you already know how it goes with every time there's a new year. Everyone has all of these resolutions. They have all these goals. You know, it's actually in statistics that the first, I think it's the first three months of every year, the amount of profit that gyms make is like substantially more in the first few months of the new year than any other month because everyone at the beginning of the year, they're like, this is my year to get in shape and to get fit and to take care of my body. And so then for the first few months, Typically, how a lot of resolutions end up happening is that people are really strong in the first few months and then, you know, they end up slipping back into the mundane and then they end up canceling those memberships. And so it's just funny because the first few months of every year, everyone goes out, buys a gym membership, they stay committed, they're really passionate, they're really excited for the first few months and then life happens, maybe disappointment happens, maybe chaos, frustration, confusion, something happens. And a lot of us, these goals and these resolutions and these dreams and these ambitions that we had so strongly at the beginning of the year, as the year continues to go by, it seems the fire that we had, it gets more dim and dim and dim. And in some cases, the fire that we had at the beginning of the year ends up completely going out halfway through the year, if not sooner, if not later. But it has actually become so rare that the resolutions that we make for the new year and the goals and the ambitions and the habits and everything that we actually end up following through them for the whole year. And that's not okay. That's kind of sad. And we together, we can have these goals written out. We can have these dreams. We can have these ambitions and these habits that we want to start doing and we can choose to commit to them and actually carry them through for the whole year because they're important. If you felt strong enough to write a goal down, write a habit down, write a dream down, at some point you believed in it. You believed that it was important to be added to your life. You believed that it was going to benefit you. You believed that it was something that maybe you felt convicted of, that maybe you felt a strong pull towards. If it was important enough for you to have it in the first place, then it is important enough for you to have the discipline to carry it through throughout the year or whatever that goal is. And starting out strong, I'm going to tell you what we're not going to do. What we're not going to do is wait until January 1st to sit down and write down all these things that we want to implement into the new year. Because January 1st, that's already the new year, baby. That is the new year. And so you cannot wait until January 1st to say all these things that you want to add into your life for the new year. What we're going to do is we're going to talk about it now before it gets to that decision-making point, before it gets to the point where you start implementing it into your life. We're going to talk about the five things that you need to do in your life before the new year starts. The five things that I believe will be so beneficial to anyone who is listening, anyone who is a part of this community, that if you can do these five things before January 1st, it is going to set you up for a year of success like nothing ever before. And just a heads up, you'll probably want to write these down or go back and listen so you can have it, so you can actually apply it to your life because it's going to take a lot of writing stuff down so you can have it already on hand before we go into the new year. And so number one, 
what you are going to do is you are going to learn how to pray for other people and not just yourself, okay? Because as humans, it is our natural tendency to just pray for ourselves and pray for our relationship with God and pray for things in our life to go right, pray for wisdom, pray for all these things. And you know what? There was this quote one time. It said, if God actually were to answer every single one of your prayers, how many lives would be changed other than yours? And that is so convicting. And I remember when I heard that, I made it like a big priority to pray for our country, to pray for people who I love, people who I know, pray for just things that aren't just revolving around my life. And so going into the new year, what you're going to do is every month you're going to highlight one person. So that's 12 people, maybe 12 organizations, 12 people that you know, whatever it is, you're going to take one person, one organization a month, and you're going to pray for them. I'm not saying you have to sit on your face and pray for two hours every single day, but no, just every here and there or in your quiet time or when you can remember, maybe put a note on your phone just for that month, like the month of January, let's say you're going to pray for the president all through the month of January. It doesn't have to be your whole prayer session by any means, but just say a prayer for them. Keep them up in prayer. Lift them up in prayer. Pray for wisdom. Pray for protection, whatever it is. Maybe pray for salvation. Once a month, that month is going to be centered towards an organization, maybe a church, maybe a hospital, maybe a person that you know, a person that's your friend, a person that is not your friend. If you want to be really humble, you want to get really into it. Um, but just once a month, you're going to make it a priority to pray for someone who is not yourself and to like actually pray, to be passionate about it, to, to take on their burdens as your own and to pray as if you were praying for yourself. Like really prayer changes things. Prayer is how we communicate with God. And I don't know about you, but I really do firmly believe that I am where I am today a big portion of it was because of the people who took their time to pray for me and to cover me in prayer and to lift me up in the hard times and the people who prayed for my salvation when I was acting up, being an atheist, running away, all the kind of stuff. Prayer changes things. And so how beautiful of an opportunity is it for you to be able to play a part maybe in somebody's blessing and somebody's salvation and somebody's life just by you silently behind closed doors without anyone watching you lifting someone up in prayer you lifting up an organization or just something of you saying that i'm not gonna be so self-centered and so self-focused but i'm going to to practice being selfless and practice that discipline of praying for somebody else and maybe putting someone else's needs before my own. So that is the first thing of learning how to be a little bit more selfless and learning how to pray for other people and make it a priority. Number two, a lot of you are not going to like this one, but hey, this is called becoming better for a reason. And usually when you are becoming better, it means confronting uncomfortable things in your life to do so and have those hard conversations, have those hard self-evaluations and so on and so on. If you have any wrongs with someone in your life or anything that you need to make right, you need to do that before the new year starts. Do not go into the new year carrying burdens, carrying frustrations, carrying hurts, carrying grudges, whatever it is. If you have a wrong with somebody that needs to be made right, I'm not saying you guys have to be best friends. I'm not saying you got to hang out with each other, but if your heart posture and your heart condition is a little bit wacky and a little bit off towards somebody, 
you need to make it right. You need to have the hard conversation. You need to forgive and you need to let it go before the new year starts. And if you're thinking of somebody right now or you're thinking of a situation right now, that's exactly it. That is God giving you a little bit of nudge saying, yeah, we need to talk about this. We need to work this out because you cannot go into the next year for all the blessings and the plans that he has for you walking in unforgiveness walking in bitterness, walking in hatred, walking in whatever it is, you got to make it right. Because a big thing that I think a lot of Christian people specifically seem to not talk about a lot is this idea of accountability. And we are all very loud in the Christian community about finding accountability and people to be accountable to, to help us with sin and to help us with becoming better, no pun intended and all that kind of stuff. But a big portion that is not hit on a lot that I am super, super passionate about is our self-accountability. There is very few things that make me cringe and make me like, just, ah, like I want to scream is when people are like, oh, I'm just going to let God handle it. You know what I mean? Like when somebody does somebody else really dirty and somebody hurts somebody really bad or whatever the case is and their response is well i'm covered by the blood of jesus so like it's fine and like i'm just gonna let god deal with it or god needs to deliver this person god needs to do this what about yourself because you are a human being who has free will to make your own decisions what about your self-accountability of when you do something wrong um yes there is grace in jesus and there's redemption in jesus but there's a responsibility on ourselves to take accountability for our wrongdoings and to make it right with our brothers and sisters and to make it right with people who we have hurt and that we have done wrong. You don't get to walk around to say, well, I'm covered by the blood, yada, 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 and then hurt a billion people along the way. No, 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 no. There is a beautiful thing called self-accountability. And if you have done somebody dirty and you have lied or hurt somebody or whatever the case is, you need to fess up and you need to make it right with your brother or sister and move forward in reconciliation and move forward in that. And remember, reconciliation does not mean mending a relationship and being the best of friends. Reconciliation just means making sure that you are right with God and having that forgiveness so you're not holding bitterness and grudges. But there is a self-accountability of a responsibility that is on us that when we drop the ball, we don't just put God's name on it and say, oh, it's okay. I'm covered by God. I'm covered by the blood. No, we take it upon ourselves and we do what we can with our hands. And then God will do what he can only do with his. But we have to learn how to take accountability for our actions when we drop the ball. It is not always just, okay, God's going to deal with it. No, you need to take accountability for the things you have done wrong and make it right, and apologize, and say you're sorry, and actually invest in yourself, and work on yourself to not do that again, because it's not cool. We are representing Christ Jesus, and if we're doing that in a poor, in a dishonoring way, we are hurting people along the way, and it's not a simple fix. It is so complex, and it's so hurtful when the people who see us Christians, and we're supposed to be representing Christ, and we're, and we're representing Him in such poor ways, we need to make it right. We need to do the best that we can to make it right. So that's number one and number two. Number three, I'm not saying you have to go buy a gym membership. I'm not saying that, but going into the new year, at least three times a week, a really good number is five, but at least please three times a week, make it a priority to move your body in some way, shape or form, go on a walk, go on a jog, go on the treadmill, lift some weights, do some Pilates. I don't know. Take your dogs on a walk, your cat on a walk. If people do, I don't know. Move your body at least three times a week for 20 minutes a day. 
our bodies are our temples. And there has been so much talk over the past few years just regarding diets and regarding food restrictions and this toxic culture of working out and stuff like that. But, and listen, I understand I am not here to shame anybody for that or to, or to hate on it by any means, but I am here to tell you that our bodies are also our responsibility and we have a responsibility to keep them healthy. You are not going to be able to do what God has called you to do if you were just sitting on your couch all day watching TV, eating potato chips. Your body is not going to be able to move the way that it's supposed to move and to sustain itself the way that it's supposed to do. We have a responsibility to take care of our temple. It says in our Bible that Christ makes his home in our bodies and we need to take care of that. Yes, I do agree that there has been a very toxic perception of being skinny and not eating carbs and all that kind of stuff. And that's not what I support at all. But I do believe in taking care of our bodies and having a correct balance of eating food that is nourishing to our bodies and getting our butts up and walking to take care of our bodies and to move our joints and to move our muscles so that we can live a long and healthy life for the purpose of bringing more people to Christ. And also, you're going to feel so much more better. Like, when I am out of the gym and I am not working out, I'm not moving my body. I just took like three months off from the gym. And let me tell you, my mental health, I saw it decline so much. I feel different when I'm moving my body. I feel better. And I can think back to a few years ago when I was not in the gym at all. I was eating whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted, sitting on my couch all day. I was not in shape. I was very in an unhealthy part of my life. And I remember feeling almost every single day just bloated and I couldn't even like fully be present. This is a super honest, honest and vulnerable moment here, but I couldn't even be fully present in rooms that I was in and places that I would go because I was so self-conscious of if I ate this, I was going to be super bloated. And then if I wore a tight shirt, I couldn't do that because my, my, my stomach pouch was going to blow out. Or I just felt so gross and so not put together. And I just, it was such a not good feeling that I look back and think on my life of there were so many days that I was not fully present because I was so concerned and just so insecure and not happy in my body because I wasn't taking care of it. I wasn't feeding it what was nourishing to it. Everything was unbalanced. I'm positive in my body. I just, I wasn't taking care of it the way that I should have. And so going to the new year, just get up and move your body. Your body was made for movement. And so we ought to take that on ourselves and to take care of it and move our body at least a couple times a week at least it's so good for your mental health it clears your mind you can pray on those walks you can evaluate on those walks you can dream on those walks there's so many things you can do just get up and move your body i promise you you will be so thankful that you do One of the biggest things that I have talked about in Becoming Better and one of the biggest things that have helped me in my journey of becoming better is therapy and how it's been able to help me see myself for who I really am, why I am the way that I am, and has given me the tools to be able to move forward on my journey of becoming the best version of myself that I possibly can. Regardless, if you have a clinical mental health issue like depression or anxiety, or if you're just human who lives in this world who is going through a hard time, therapy can give you the tools to approach your life in a very different way. And that's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, BetterHelp. 
BetterHelp's mission is to make therapy more affordable and more accessible. And this is an important mission because finding a therapist can be really hard, especially when you're limited to the options in your area. BetterHelp is a platform that makes finding a therapist easier because it's online, it's remote, and by filling out a few questions, BetterHelp can match you to a professional therapist in as little as a few days. It's easy to sign up and get matched with a therapist. There's a link in my description. It's betterhelp.com forward slash Hope Moquin. Clicking that link helps support this channel, but it also gets you 10% off your first month of BetterHelp so you can connect with a therapist and see if it helps you. And because finding a therapist is a little like dating, if you don't really fit with that therapist, which is a common thing with therapy, you can easily switch to a new therapist at no additional cost without stressing about insurance, who's in the network, or anything like that. I know the significance that therapy has played in my life, and that's why I'm so passionate about sharing it with you guys too. So if you're struggling or you need someone to talk to you and you need tools to help you move forward, consider online therapy with BetterHelp. Click the link in the description or visit betterhelp.com forward slash Hope Moquin. Thank you again, BetterHelp, for supporting this channel. Number four, I want to read something in 2 Corinthians in the message version because you guys already know I love how the message version explains what the actual scripture is trying to get across. And in chapter 2, verse 14, it says, Don't become partners with those who reject God. How can you make a partnership out of right and wrong? That's not partnership. That's war. Is light best friends with dark? Does Christ go strolling with the devil? Do trust and mistrust hold hands? Don't link up with those who will pollute you. I want you all for myself. I'll be a father to you. You'll be sons and daughters to me. The word of the master, God. So that is very self-explanatory of being so careful with who you choose to spend your time around. And so number four is a hard one, but you need to really look at your circle and the people who you have around you and the people that you would say are close to you. And you need to decide who, what friendships are fruitful friendships and what friendships maybe do I need to put some distance between going into the new year? Who is going to bring me up and who is going to keep me back and keep me down? I am not saying that you cannot communicate with those who are not on the same path as you and who don't have the same faith and beliefs as you. But I am saying it is so vital and important on who is in your close circle. I talk about all the time. Our first episode ever on Becoming Better was about your friends because it is that important. And it is all through scripture of who you have around you is so important. Does Christ go strong with the devil? Absolutely not. And so look at your circle. And if there are people in your life who are not bringing out the best in you, who you have one-sided friendships with, who is always toxic and negative and just very down in the dumps whenever you're hanging out, just evaluate your friendships with who you're going into the new year with because the people that you're around, you are going to reflect the characteristics of them because that is just how it works. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Who is going into the new year with you? And who doesn't need to go into the new year with you? That could be friendships or relationships. Hello. Um, sorry. I had to throw that in there because that's super important too. It's just not the topic of today's episode. But who is going into the new year with you and who does not need to be going into the new year with you? You have four weeks to really sort that out and to evaluate your life and your friendships. And I'm not saying you got to send them a long text and cut them off and saying, I can't be your friend anymore. No, no, no. But 
you can start by slowly pulling back and maybe not sharing as much as you used to and maybe not going out of your way to hang out with them like you used to and maybe reaching out for deeper community within your church or your other Christian friends and ask them to jump in with their circles and meet new God-fearing friends who are going to uplift you and encourage you with the Word of God and speak life to you and bring you up and pull you forward, not just keep you complacent and keep you in the dark. And Christine Kane said it once in one of her episodes on her podcast was how complacency, it's just, it's such a dangerous thing because when you're in the ocean and you swim out a little bit and you start to drift, drifting happens not because you're doing anything wrong per se, drifting happens in complacency when you're not doing anything, when you're just comfortable and you're not moving, you're not doing nothing, you start to drift and then you're going to be pulled out into the middle of the ocean on the other side. You're going to be pulled away from the shore literally by doing nothing. And that is the same way with our relationship with God and the friends that we have. You don't drift necessarily by doing anything wrong you drift by not doing anything at all. And that's why complacency is such a scary thing and a dangerous place to be in. Because you could, in your heart, you're like, oh, I know I love God. I know that He's a king in my heart. Like, I love God. I love church. But if you're not actively pursuing a relationship with Him and you're not actively reading the Word of God and praising and going with God-fearing people and learning more about together, if you're not doing anything to foster that relationship with God, when you're not doing anything, you're going to end up drifting into a place where you don't want to be. And so that's why it's important with who you're spending your time with because you don't want complacent friendships. You want the friendships who are going to push you forward and propel you forward. And that is what God has intended for you. And so you have the rest of the month to evaluate your life and to look at it and see what needs to stay and what needs to go. And it's not a bad thing when things need to go. It just means that you're maturing in your faith and that's what's going to happen as you continue to grow in your faith. As you continue to grow and mature, you're going to see more and more things that need to go because God's going to convict your heart. And that is a beautiful thing because He's making you more and more like Him. And that is the goal for us to become more like Him so that we can represent Him better and we can bring more people to Him. It's a good thing. I promise. And then last but not least, number five, the fifth and final thing that you need to do before the new year starts. We kind of hit on it at the very beginning of the episode, but I wanted to save it for last. A lot of people, like we said, they will wait till the first of the year to write out what they want to accomplish this year and what they want their habits to be and their goals to be. And truthfully, I just have not seen a lot of success with that in my own life or other people's lives. And so before January 1st, what I want you to do, I want you to take a morning or an evening or an afternoon by yourself, maybe just 30 minutes to an hour. I want you to sit with worship music on and I want you to pray. And I want you to ask God to guide you into writing down your goals and your ambitions and your dreams for the new year. And to just take your time with it and to pray and to seek God and ask Him to guide you and lead your heart into what this new year is going to be for you and what He has for you and what's going to be required of you to get to those things that He has for you. Because like I said, I say it all the time, we do what we can with our hands and then God will do what he can with his. But it is not this thing of us sitting on our butt with our arms crossed just waiting for God to come and move. But there are things that are required of us, of our own discipline, of our own self-accountability, of getting up and moving forward and worshiping and praying and all these things. There are things that are required of us too. And so to sit with God 
and to pray and ask him to guide you. And I want you to write down maybe five to 10. It doesn't have to be exactly that. It's just a ballpark. But write down what you want to accomplish this year. Write down what habits you want to start this year. And write down prayers that you want to pray on this year. They could be for someone else. They could be for yourself. But write it down. And after you write it down, all of that stuff, I want you to choose someone that you trust and I want you to share it with them and ask them to come into agreement with you. Ask them to come into agreement with you. Ask them to keep you accountable on those habits. Just invite someone that you trust into those things for your life and for your dreams and for your goals. And honestly, maybe share this with them and have them do it with you so you guys can come together and talk about it and have that fruitful friendship, have that God-fearing relationship of iron sharpening iron where you where you two can grow together in this new year because you can't do it alone. And so that's a beautiful thing. And so those are five things before the start of the year that I would highly encourage and suggest you doing because therefore you can already have it all written out. You know every single month who you're praying for, what you're doing. You know your weekly to-dos, your weekly responsibilities. You can go and have those hard conversations before the start of the year because I promise you when you're trying to make a decision in a moment where you need a decision right now, you're going to be a little bit confused. You need to be 10 steps ahead. People say all the time. People say it all the time. They're like, you always got to be one step ahead. But I really do believe that. And so before the new year starts, sit with God, sit with God, sit in worship and think about all these things, write it all out, plan it all out. And then, and then I forgot to add, put it on paper and hang it up somewhere where you're going to see it every single day, where you have to see it. I know sometimes I'll set it as my phone wallpaper because we pick up our phones 26,000 times a day, whatever it is, and you're gonna see your phone wallpaper every single time. So I've done that before. I've taped it on my mirror, I've taped it on my door. Just put it somewhere where you are going to see it every single day, where you're not gonna forget it, where you're gonna see it all the time, and you can be reminded and encouraged that you do have what it takes to carry out these goals and these habits all throughout the year. Don't be halfway in, halfway out. Remember why you started. There's a wonderful book by Simon Sinek called Start With Why. And it's all about remembering why you started. Because when you can remember why you started, you're going to have that motivation, that encouragement to keep on moving forward and to see it all the way through. And that is what God has for you. Don't just start one day and stop the next. See it through. Because I really do believe that this upcoming year, I don't know about you, but I know so many people, I know myself, the past few years, oh, they have been like going through the ringer, like like you finally can see yourself getting up, then you get knocked back down again. And it's just like, is this ever going to stop? And I believe right now in the name of Jesus, for those of you who are listening, that 2024 is going to be your year. The little saying at our church right now is saying that there's more in 24. And I so believe that for those who are listening, that God is not done with you yet, that the things that you have gone through were preparation for what he has prepared for you, that God sees you. He knows what season you're in. He knows exactly how it has hurt. And he knows exactly how he plans and intends on using it for your life, that whatever the enemy meant for harm, 2024, he's using it for good. Your mess will be a part of your ministry, that God has not forsaken you. He's not done with you, that your best days are yet to come and you can do it. You can see your goals through. You will see the promises of God through because why? He is a faithful God and he who began a good work, what? He who began a good work 
will be faithful to complete it in your life. And so I love you guys. Thank you so much for being here. Becoming Better is growing rapidly. And I'm just so thankful. I just, ah, I can't even contain it. I don't even know what to do with myself sometimes. I'm so thankful for you. I love you guys. If this episode spoke to you, share it with a friend, share it on your socials. And as always, if you have any questions or you want to chat about something, shoot me an email at podcast at hopemoquin.com and I will catch you right back here next Tuesday with a brand new episode. All right, bye.